Radio. Better than the internet. No reading required. Zodiac. What up, y'all? Once again, I am your host, Young Smooth, and you are listening and tuned in to another episode of Kicking It With Young Smooth, the podcast where we kick back, we talk about some of the hottest topics and the most ridiculousness, and on top of that, we review some of the most classic and iconic albums. Don't forget... You can find me on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Music, Spotify, plus the brand new YouTube page, Kicking It With Young Smooth Podcast. So, last week, we had to kick that lyric. Did y'all get it? Ah, it was Hot Boys Remix, the Missy Elliott version, and the verse that I spit was... Now, you can call it whomever you choose to call it because most people never really figure it out whether or not it was Magoo or it was Q-Tip, but that was the verse that I spit. However, today I got a brand new Kick That Lyric. This is actually one of my favorite, favorite songs. It's an underrated song on a album that got five mics in the source. Um, this artist is a trendsetter. Um, this artist set waves for a lot of your faves. Ah, that rhymes. Look at that. Effortless bars. Um, <laughs> so I think that you may get this one. I, I will say that the person's name is in the song or the moniker is in the song, but I am going to take out the name just for the sake of making it a little bit harder for you to guess it. But you'll get it. Um, <clears throat> so it starts off in the King's English like this Miss White, that bitch with a thousand looks comes through with a thousand crooks. I just know what it takes to get this money like blow. 
catch a body, get a facelift, disappear like Pablo. Y'all niggas think I won't jump in the heat? Well, let's dance. You lames are finished. I serve all you cowards like a game of tennis. Act like you want some of this and I will give you the business. You see the yellow and the black. You know what I'm about. Wrinkle ass nigga, this iron will straighten you out. I got thugs in the east, thugs in the south that will stick you with an AIDS needle and piss in your mouth. I kept them on the leash and now it's time to let them loose. Better pray to Jehovah. The game is over. Don't ever, 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 ever underestimate. I'm the poster girl of 718. Right out of town with my niggas holding his weight after it's cooked chopped. An eighth the size of plates. You bitches ain't been through shit. You just minors. What you know about stuffing half of bricks in your vaginas? It's the dick liquor, the baby sipper. Ain't a bitch alive to make a nigga come quicker. Baby girl pussy get wetter than the shower cap. Got my man's back like a jam sport knapsack. And Queen B gon' bring you nothing but heat. Homicide is looking for me. For killing this bee. You in the wrong department. This the upper class section. And you hoes are starting to irritate me. Like a yeast infection. Good heavens. Somebody get the Monistat 7. And hit me why don't you. Hit me why don't you. The boss lady. I hold it down for my babies. Rappers better run and hide. Because here comes the beehive. Okay. Very evident who that may possibly be. But a few more clues. Um, This person has done a year and a day. Um, I know y'all just heard my whole knuckles crack. Uh, So this person has done a year and a day. Um, They have been on Dancing with the Stars. Um, They have had a vacation trip on VH1. Um, their original show before they got locked up was actually on BET. Um, and again, they are a icon in this, in this hip hop game. It's the one and only, of course. I won't tell you till next week, so make sure y'all guess it. All right, so now let's move in to what we'd like to call the ratchet and ridiculous. And of course, we're still in quarantine. And I feel like I say that every week, but we are still in quarantine. So just a few things to kind of go over and figure out. Um, let's see, where to begin, where to begin? Because it's some it's some bullshit and then there are some clarifications and there's some good things so some shit to really work on um let's start off with Swiss Beats and Timberlands say they have turned down millions to sell verses to culture vultures um, it is one thing that has continuously gotten us through the current quarantine. It's been the hugely popularized versus battles brought to us by Swiss Beats and Timbaland. However, the two now say that there have been several offers to sell off their brand and they have declined out of respect for the culture. Revolt TV reports during a recent Instagram live conversation following the recent versus battle between Beanie Man and Bounty Killer, which speaks 
speaking of which was the fucking shit, um, Swiss Beats and Simple and briefly discuss how the undeniable popularity of the versus battles has caught the attention of other companies who have offered them millions to sell their brand and, um, and for them to create it. Explaining why they've turned down recent deals to put verses into hand, Swiss Beats said, Tonight represented the authentic zone of why we didn't sell 50% of the company uh, for millions of dollars. The authentic zone of why we turned down millions and millions of dollars to the vultures just wanting to put a name next to the name, but no. Respect is overdue. We haven't made one cent off of verses yet. That don't mean that we not business, but what we have is versus is a museum. It's an educational celebration, celebrational platform. Um, meanwhile, Timberland recently revealed the multiple offers they received in the last few months. I mean, you know, a lot of people contacted me in Swiss, you know, on a lot of things. But right now we just want to keep it for the culture because it's so organic. We don't want to bring the part of of that element in right away. We just want to keep it where people are entertained because we live in a world where 16 million people lost jobs. We don't want to get into the the politics of it. We want to keep it natural and fun. So that was actually my thought on it uh, too about the whole versus situation. Like I am very, 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 very happy that they are keeping it so organic. Um, I got a chance to watch the Bounty Killer one and the um, the Beanie Man one. I watched part of, but when I tell you that shit still went in. Um, uh, today's Monday, so I'm recording late, but the. Um, 112 and Jagged Edge one I have not gotten through which happens to be the next thing that was on the topic they are doing theirs and they've done theirs tonight um I'm hearing that there were some technical difficulties of course but they still pervade through it um I'm excited I got for me I got Jagged Edge because I think Jagged Edge just had <laughs> excuse me has so many more memorable um Songs, I think that 112 is kind of that acquired taste. I think that Jagged Edge, Jagged Edge can charm the panties off anybody. So I believe that their, their music in that case is going to be a little bit different than 112's. And I think that they, you know, they'll come up with the hits. I don't know. I'll probably have to report on that for next week and figure out how all of that goes. But in the meantime, um, it just, as far as, you know, like, um, them not selling out for verses, I think that is dope. I think that when we come out of quarantine, yes, maybe that might be a different story. But yeah, Tim said it best. You know, there are like 16 million people that have lost their jobs at this particular point. So I don't foresee anybody trying to pay for verses or anything of that nature. So I get it. I get it. And I think that that is commendable i think it's respectable um i love i love what you know swiss says as far as like versus is a museum it's an educational and celebrational platform like absolutely 100% like i think that 
is long overdue and you are getting artists that are not getting the radio play today that they once got and you are getting artists that paved the way and giving an education for those that don't understand that yo these artists this meant so much to us in the 90s and the early 2000s and you know this is like yo some of your favorite rappers still use certain beats from artists from yesteryear like for instance the baby with the song Nasty and with Megan Thee Stallion and Ashanti on it. Like, yo, that song go hard. I love it. And it's the old um Ashanti song, Baby. And Ashanti singing on it and got a whole new verse. So, you know, rappers are one thing about our culture. One thing about the culture. The culture will pay homage when it's forced to. When we put it into a perspective to say, damn, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, that song is dope. Oh, yeah, you know, this will fit. So I think this will give, um, it'll get a lot, it'll give a lot of new artists the, the whole situation to say, hey, look, let me go ahead and reach out to some of this. Like, yo, when I tell you, um, Tory Lanez did it first with Chick Tape 5 for me for Shanti. And I think that just seeing, all of the songs that are on Chick, on Chick Tape 5 that are from the 2000s and him bringing it into his own new wave, I was like, yo, this is a whole vibe. I can listen to Chick Tape 5 all over again. I love that. That shit is, is awesome. So if y'all have not checked that out, which I don't know why you wouldn't have, Tory Lanez will come to your house and fight you if you don't listen to it. But <laughs> I think that that shit is the dopest. Um, and, I love the fact that after almost what we want to say 15, 20 years, well, actually, no shit. Shawnee came out in, in 02. So in almost 20 years in the game, she's still an icon. She's still a sex symbol and people really still put a Shanti up there like that. And I mean, Shanti could do damn near nothing at this point, but the classic albums that she had, people really still fuck with her. And like I said, Swiss really put that into perspective for me that this is literally a educational celebrational platform. So I'm I'm here for that. Um like I said, gotta get back into the the verses and I'll probably watch it tonight. I just saw somebody post the whole live on YouTube. So I'll watch that later on before I go to bed. Um but moving on Savage the Stallion Megan the Stallion becomes the face of Savage Savage Venti summer 2020 campaign Megan I talk a lot of shit about you I still think the motherfucker look like a goddamn wrestler in <laughs> some of the shit but some of the stuff that I saw for the 2020 Fenty campaign it looks amazing it looks amazing I think um Megan is if she stays on the strike she's gonna be one of the greats and the reason why I say this regardless of people or how they feel about her um I think that she is smart she knows the market she um is educated and has gone to school of course um i love that pimp c is one of the influences for her um i love that she hones her own sexuality um I, I just, I personally just don't want her to continue to look like somebody's wrestler. She don't have to keep looking like China every time she come out this bitch. Like I want her to <laughs> move past that. I really do. Like that's the only thing that, that blows me. However, 
this right here is definitely a good look. Um, I've seen some of the shoots where she's in the lingerie. Again, one of them looked like she a wrestler, but I'm again, I digress. But I think that Megan is really, really gonna shine in this. And I think this is her moment. I think one of the things that makes Megan so, so dope is the fact that she's not problematic. You know what I'm saying? Um, as, as long as she, you know, gets through the, the whole label contract, everything, she gonna be good. She gonna be good. Uh, moving on, uh, we got Chicken and Weird. I hear that shit. Ludacris explains what he exactly meant by the controversial R. Kelly lyric. Now, I'm going to have to kind of go out here on a limb and say, before I read this article, it didn't matter to me. I knew what he meant immediately, and, and I get it, but we'll go into it. While everyone was understandably excited for the versus battle between Nelly and Ludacris last week, things took a weird turn once the latter played some unreleased music revealing questionable lyrics that had people ready to call it a night and delete the Instagram app completely while Nelly was working his way through his Wi-Fi woes. Luda killed some time by playing some of his new music in some Sorry, in a song that seeming, seemingly addressed the current state of the culture in America, Luda had a bar around R. Kelly and had everyone in the chat room raising eyebrows. He quotes, The world screwed if niggas pouring drinks like Bill Huxtable. As he raps in the song, I love R. Kelly, but around my daughters, I'm not comfortable. Obviously, the mention of R. Kelly, especially the part where he was, where he says he loves the man, didn't sit well with fans, which resulted in the Atlanta rapper getting a ton of backlash on social media. Because of that, Luda decided to respond to the conversation in a virtual interview with Atlanta's V103 radio station and Big Ticket. When the host said that he thinks Ludacris was saying he respects R. Kelly's cultural contribution, but as a father of a daughter, he thinks his personal decision, personal decisions are unsettling. Luda called Tega a smart man. Absolutely, because first and foremost, that is exactly what I thought originally when he said, I got it, and I get that I'm a Ludacris stan, so I, I, well, not a stan. Because y'all niggas out here just be tripping, so I'm not. I, I ain't even gonna claim none of that. But I get, I got what he was saying. Like, yo, I love what he's done. He's been amazing for the culture for a long period of time, and we can't sit here and deny it. And I'm saying this not as ludicrous. I'm saying it as me. Like, I do get that, and I'm not gonna sit here and ramp and harp like I didn't have this mute R. Kelly situation. I do. I still don't play it to this day. I just don't feel comfortable. I don't think that the music, knowing what I know now, you know what I'm saying to you, that's the whole phase of being woke. When you wake up from some shit and you know what you know now, I don't think that I personally can love the music the way that I used to. It just doesn't bring me the same type of joy that it once did. So, now I'm at a point where I'm just like, okay, no. So I get that. I understand. Yo, loved him once, but right now, like, yo, like I got a daughter. I'm not comfortable with none of that. I'm not comfortable with trying to be okay with 
R. Kelly in in the lease. And R. Kelly is still trying to cape to get out of jail. And uh, I'm sorry, sir, the shit just not. It's just not happening. It's just, it's just not happening. Coronavirus and all is not. But I don't know why we were all upset about it. I, I do. I, it, it was funny because I remember literally being in that live and sitting there and was like, oh, that's not going to go over well. Like when he played the song and I heard I heard the line, I was like, first of all, once he got to the Bill Cosby line, which was in the part in the beginning part of it, I was like, hmm. Yeah, that's a little problematic. Then it got to the R. Kelly one. I was like, yeah, they about to eat him up. They about to eat him up. And I was right. I was right yet again. Y'all drug this nigga through the mud. And again, I get his point of where he was coming from. We we have a tendency to not be able to separate the uh, the, the person from the art. And I feel like I can't separate the person from the art when the art is that destructive and problematic um and especially when it's it's you know like it's young girls now bill cosby on the other hand i um i kind of separated from it just based on the fact that i think that with the cosby show and shows like a different world that he produced there were there was more than just him so it's more than just him to fall in love with as a character um so i can take the shows for the face value of everything else you know what i'm saying so i just i don't i don't know and and that's and that's just kind of playing devil's advocate that's playing one over top of the other i get it but in the Mm-mm-mm. can't believe I'm about to say this but <laughs> in a reality scale <laughs> there's a reason why I'm laughing at that um, I just I don't I, I just can't find myself um, listening and absorbing our kind I think music visual does something to the mindset as well but music in a certain kind of way does something to the mind and the spirit as well that I just I, I can't put that in my psyche i'm not going to be the person don't have me at nobody cookout i'm not stepping in the name of love i'm just not i said this before and i'll say it again i'm just not stepping in the name of love no more i'm just not doing it but shout out to Ludacris for clearing it up making the point clear like yo you can love the person but you know you you just can't have that person around your child which makes utter and complete sense uh, moving on, Doja Cat addresses alleged racist remarks. Okay, so I went through some of this and I'm going to be honest with y'all. I don't even know. I just don't know. So they talk about Doja Cat. I'm just going to sum this one up. They talk about Doja Cat going through... Um, the whole situation as far as like being in chat rooms with anti-Semites and just a whole bunch of shit and her using the, the N-word with a, with a hard R um, and all of those things that you know have kind of taken place in these chat rooms um, I myself have been in chat rooms I get it um, I get where the fun is and the camaraderie of it all is it sounds amazing um, and you get to do it from the comfort of your own home. I think that she was what it looks like is that she was just spitting back whatever they were spitting to her. And I think a lot of it was just them joking. Um, 
Zach Campbell, who is another one of the YouTubers that I've watched. Um, I'm part of his tired ass army too. Um, so Zach kind of brought it into fruition for me as well. And I also watched the impressive channel and they kind of brought it into fruition to me as well. Um, Doja Cat is half black. And I think a lot of times what we do as people and especially black people, we have a tendency to make it seem because she's half black. She's not for the culture and I can't really get with her. Like we've done the same thing to Mariah Carey. Um, you know, it doesn't equate them to have a level of blackness that they, they need to have, which for the life of me, I don't know who became, became the procurer of what it, it means to be black. A black experience is a black experience until it's no longer a black experience. Um, so I get where people try to throw her under the bus because of the fact that she is half white. Um, she was raised by her Jewish mother. I get that, but it don't, it, it don't take away from the fact that the girl music slaps. Um, she's a number one, you know, she's had a number one hit. I mean, you know, you really can't take away the fact that the girl is, is, being very successful. Um, I think what people fear is the fact that at any given moment, I, I, I believe what we really fear is that at any given moment, you can pull that culture vulture, the culture vulture thing where you can say, okay, I'm good. I'm down with black folk because I'm rapping. And now when it doesn't work anymore, it doesn't serve you anymore. Now you can go to pop and contemporary music. However, one of the things that I love about Doja Cat, her music itself has always been a pop contemporary thing with the, uh, rap elements. And it, it worked, it works on all levels. Like I, I was actually, I sat back, um, before I started the show and listened to a little bit of it um you know listening to hot pink again and listen to how juicy has so much appeal like juicy's played on urban radio it played on pop radio um i listened to uh rules which i love which is one of my favorite favorites tia tamara um you know shit like that so she she has songs that will pull in either direction um i think that i don't i think that this would just be a moment this is a moment of her being problematic and um she did fix it she did apologize um i think that she'll she'll just have to learn from it is it worth us canceling her no she ain't pee on nobody <laughs> she ain't take nobody children from their home and yes i'm being specific and then that is very pointed but she didn't do all of those things so do i feel like that's gonna be the case no i don't i don't feel like it's Exactly, time to cancel Doja Cat just yet. I think that when you're number one and you're on the top, people are going to come for you. People are going to come for your neck. People are going to try to attack you. And that is just the bottom line of that. So, um, I will still look out for more Doja Cat music. Um, Say So is still going to play in my car. I'm going to play Hot Pink. I think that it is a an amazing body of work. And I'm still going, I'm still going to run with it. I'm not going to be that person to just automatically cancel her. I don't think that like we talked about her being in the chat and even people that were in the chat room with her said that she never really made any type of real horrible anti-black remarks again i will state and i got this from i got that from amanda seals and i think about it all the time the black experience any black experience is the black experience and so it is no longer a black experience and that is true and when it's no longer a black experience is mean when it's an anti-black experience 
Um, I don't think that we can gauge it because I've, I am not a biracial child, but however, because I'm a lighter child, it, I do remember getting that whole situation of you not being black enough. You feel me? It, it works my nerves. It works my nerves. Like, yo, my black is still black. I'm just going to be as black as I can be, um, as possible. And I was, and I hate to say this, and th- this is a reality too. Most light skinned blacks that have fought in our country have been the most militant people. You know what I'm saying to you? I'm not saying that darker skinned people are not. That is not what I'm saying. However, I just hate the fact that it gets attacked that I'm not black enough. You know what I'm saying to you? Or I'm, I'm not any of those things that that consists of being part of the black culture. So I, I get where sometimes it, it gets a little frustrating and it gets a little confusing. So anyway, I love Doge Cat. I'm here for it. It is what it is. Moving on. Azalea Banks alleges she slept with Dave Chappelle on social media. Let me tell y'all something. I'm not even going to read this one because that girl. Oh. Oh. So that girl right there. I got all types of problems with her. First of all, she already we I, I can't take her seriously because she already has stated that she's bipolar. So I don't know how much it is to take with an actual grain of salt or um enough to say, mm, damn, maybe she maybe she really do you know, I, I know she need to help. But, you know, maybe she is telling the truth. I don't know how much to take with that. And furthermore, you talk about all of this women empowerment shit, but then you sat back on Instagram and you talking about "Mm, Dave Chappelle got that legendary dick. Wait a minute. (laughs) Wait a minute. You talk about how people over-utilized and over-sexualized and this, that, and the third. You the one the first champion for that all, all the time. But now you sitting up here talking about how you just got you some legendary dick from Dave Chappelle. Like, ma'am, make it make sense. Like, I just, I don't understand. Just, I don't know. The sheer level of craziness is is bothering my soul. Um, But yeah, I just, I, I don't understand. Like, I just want Azalea Banks to, I want her to be quiet. Like... What do you do? What is what? What is your angle? What is your goal? What is your motivation? Like this. This is another thing. A part of me wants us to be off of quarantine, but another part of me wants me wants us to um, stay in quarantine. Um, I want us to be out of quarantine for the for the reason that this is the dumb shit that just be happening. Like. You just out here spilling information um, unnecessarily. And again, if that's that girl truth, that's that girl truth. Who am I to judge? I don't give a fuck. However, what I do care about is, is it was it necessary? Like, I just feel like niggas just be saying shit on like a random Tuesday and just be going in. I'll be like, yo, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then furthermore, ma'am, you, you cause controversy to be problematic for people to talk about you. Like, Am I giving you what you want? Yep, you you just got what you want. Do you are you who? 
who are you anymore? Like, no one cares. Like, where are the, you, you had some okay music. They, there are people that really fuck with it. I, I've never fucked with the music. I ain't gonna lie to you. It just ain't never been my cup of tea. But I need for you to stop being so problematic. Think about what you're saying before you say it. Make it make sense. Because you just coming out of left field with this on a random night doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. And frankly, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. But anyway, uh, that wraps up this week of ratchet and ridiculousness. So that means y'all know what time it is. It is my favorite part of the show. This is the part of the show where we sit back and we go over a classic classic album mm, that I have in my hands. It does not smell like 1994, but it does throw me back to 1994 nonetheless. Mm. From the N-O-T-O-R-I-O-U-S you just lay down so what come on now just i mean notorious big who just celebrated a birthday march 21st rest in peace king like i have an album in my hand now it's funny because i have it in the original color with the white versus the um remastered copy the copy that was in the black um just in general this I don't know what hip hop would be without B.I.G. Like I don't care what nobody say. I'm a huge, huge, always been a huge fan. I don't know what hip hop would be without B.I.G. Um, but as we look at the very, very first album, which is Ready to Die. Ready to Die is the debut studio album of the American rapper The Notorious B.I.G. Released on September 13th, 1994 by Bad Boy and Arista Records. The album featured production by Bad Boy founder Sean Puffy Combs, Easy Mo B, Chuck Thompson, DJ Premier, and Lord, and sorry, Lord, Lord Finesse, among others. It was recorded from 1993 to 1994 at the Hit Factory and D&D Studios in New York. The uh, partly biographical album seems to tell the story of, of the rapper's experience as a young criminal and was the only studio album released during his lifetime as his murder 16 days before the release of his second album, Life After Death, in 1997. Bruh, the fucking best. Let me tell you something. You want to listen, like, I, I'm not, I'm, I don't smoke weed like that. No, I don't, not even like that. I don't smoke weed anymore. Um, but when I did, oh my gosh, two albums that I would listen to completely that I just loved and you can listen to sonically and just something about it. Well, actually three, I'm sorry, three albums would be Ready to Die. The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, and you can't call my phone, Erica Badu, Erica Badu's mixtape. When I tell you something about being high on weed, <laughs> be clear, 
because y'all niggas. Um, it just it brought everything to life for me, and I think that this was my favorite. Just the intro and things then change and give me the loop just to start off with are some amazing tracks. Now, if you actually look at the original as a baby on the cover, um, and so the baby that is on the cover is not Biggie. It is not. Um, I forgot what the guy's name was, but uh, he did eventually come out and say that, hey, yeah, this is actually me as a baby on the cover. So, um, it's really, it's really, really, really coincidental because that baby could, that baby could look like, like him. I, I, I could see that. But yeah, it's not Biggie. It's definitely not Biggie on the cover. Um, so we got Give Me the Loop. Then you get to, um, Machine Gun Funk. One of my favorite, favorite songs. But, my all-time classic favorite, of course, has to be Warning. Come on, yo. You start off with, who the fuck is this? Like, yo, paging me at 1136. I forgot. Shit, I forgot the words now. But it's been a minute. I'm sorry. I did forget the words. And I think I was going to go into the, the, the Nikki one, which is crazy. But that's how crazy that people pay so much homage to this. You have ready to die like I can hear the music in it but just from the symphony from things didn't change to him robbing niggas and give me the loot and and then you see the spectrum of him making so much money that warning is like yo I'm seeing all of these niggas outside my house I gotta make sure I get them it's the same ones that smoke blunts with you take pictures with you and now they want to see you come and get you and shit like yo Again, more noises unnecessarily. Um, but that part is super, super dope. Then you get your, your what Puppy likes to call the, the B-side situations. Actually, the A-sides, I should say. Um, you get your one more chance. And the one thing that I've noticed about a lot of these reviews or just kind of the, the go-overs that I went over with these albums, they have interludes. So, I love the... Fuck Me interlude, which actually, um, apparently that may have actually been a real thing. The, what, this is what little Kim says about them fucking in the studio or whatever. Um, so that might be that. And then my favorite song comes up, which much props and much respect to Method Man, because Method Man is probably the only person on this whole iconic classic ass album that has a feature. And that it was the what? The what was the shit? Um nigga started off with I used to get feels on the bitch. Now I put shields on the dick to stop me from the HIV shit. And you know like yo, just classic iconic ass lines that get used all the time. I think Biggie will not be a reference, will not not be a reference for hip hop. People will continuously always, always utilize it. I've heard it in so many tracks and so many people pay homage to Big in that way. So again, one of my favorites. Then you get Juicy, which was the quintessential cornerstone first single. Um, 
no heat. Remember why Christmas missed us? Like everything about that was just about that rise and that come up. You know what I'm saying? And then you you sit back and look at the video. His mother's actually in the video. Miss Wallace is in the video. And I mean, just everybody's in the video. And at the time, just for him to be such an iconic legend, just thinking about things outside of the box, he was like, yo, I, I didn't, he was like, I didn't want to sell drugs anymore. And if I was going to put my all into this, I had to put everything I had into it. And just for him to be, so young and have that mindset like that. Like, I think he was, what, 23-ish around the time, by the time he died. So, again, really, really pushing, pushing to be the best is is what you need to do. Um, Everyday Struggles comes next, which was a great song. Me and My Bitch. <laughs> like, loved me and my bitch although it has a line in there that I, I, I'm not going to repeat but it does have a line in there that I'm just like hmm Big that's a bit much but Big seemed to be a jokester he just had so much great comedic timing so much flow so much cadence and there's no way not to love somebody with that kind of charisma like that so I'm utterly utterly thoroughly excited about that then you lead out with Big Papa you got respect and respect. I love respect because that was actually leading back to his Jamaican roots. So that had a lot of dance hall influence to it as well. Um, friend of mine, unbelievable. And then you leave off with suicidal thoughts. And again, when you go through this journey, you really do take a journey from a young man just trying to hustle. Like even like the main interlude in the beginning, like yo was selling drugs on or like robbing niggas on the train and shit. And it was one of those moments that in history that you just can't get back. You know what I'm saying? You just can't get this moment back. And Ready to Die was just the moment of us being young and and free and not caring and not giving a fuck. So it kind of reminds me of where a lot of people are now when you're still young and wild and not giving a fuck. But it also, I think one of the things that he, uh, he said, and this is not a quote, but I remember where he was talking about it on, um, on an interview. He was like, yo, this is not that. I'm really ready to die, but that's kind of how I'm living. Like I'm, I'm ready now when I'm, I'm living through it. Like I'm, I'm moving through life so fast. Like I'm, I'm just ready to die. Like, and I got it. I understood it, but listen to this album from beginning to end. And I'm telling you sonically, you will love it. The sounds merge. Well, Puff did an amazing, amazing job on this album. Um, and I think that it's still, it's still to this day withstands the test of time and it's gone diamond, um, many times over. Actually, I think it's like three, two or three times diamond now. And we're like, uh, over 25 years from his death and just this album coming out and it still can be talked about. And I think I knew, I remember 
watching um like MTV and BET and stuff like that and when this video came out and them doing like interviews and talking talking to different people I remember the impact that it had when when they were Asian kids it was like yo you really telling our story you telling I don't understand why it was our story but <laughs> with the Asian kids but it it was something that he spoke to to everybody and it still was authentically him and it was still authentically big and I just I don't think that hip hop would have been the same without this album I don't think I would have been the same without this album I don't think the world would have been the same without this album I think it was something that was so needed it um it changed hip hop forever it changed the way in which we listen to music forever and I think that his death just perpetuated it and made it even bigger and he is one of the greats and I mean he celebrated a birthday in May um you know we we pay homage March 9th to his death and I think that again Biggie is just a classic classic album and later on in this we may do Life After Death but I definitely wanted to touch on Ready to Die one of my favorites. Uh, I, I really can't stop gushing over this album. I really can't because I'm thinking about playing the shit like right after I finish this anyway. But that's been our album coverage for the day. Oh, just make sure make sure y'all go and go back and listen to it. We ain't got nothing but time so y'all ain't got no excuses not to listen to this classic album. So, once again, don't forget that you can find me on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Music, and Spotify. Don't forget that we have um, a show. I have a show on YouTube uh, called Kicking It With Young Smooth Podcast. And I have an amazing interview. So, check my Facebook and my Instagram pages for that interview. It is coming up. And it is going to be the first big interview on that one, on that platform. So, I'm super, super, super excited about that. Um, not much else because clearly we are still in the corona situation. And what I do want to say is, like I said, uh, the other night on the YouTube page, just feel how y'all want to feel about it. Feel, feel your feelings. Cause I know there are still people that are still just in this. And, um, I like myself, I'll be very, very honest. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm stressed. Um, I'm tired. Um, um, all of those things because there are so many big changes just immediately. So I get it. I feel your feelings right now. Definitely do that. Um, so let's go into it. Fear, false evidence appearing real. It's only real in your mind if you make it real in your mind. And you know, Big set out to make a, a album. He didn't set out to make a classic album, but he did set out to make an album and it did become a classic worldwide global phenomenal phenomenon of an album um and just reminds me that i can do anything i need to stop putting those limitations on myself and stop being fearful of whatever it is um so once again i am your host young smooth and you are listening to kicking it with young smooth now don't you feel better about it (laughs) i know you do all right y'all i'm out peace